eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, the man across the studio for me. Uh, it's Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Fitz, I'm looking around. No balloons, no flowers. It's my birthday. Oh, I thought I, we were friends. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I, happy 21st birthday, Michael. Oh, not quite that young. Yep. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13. And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And if you ever want to co-host, just tell me it's your birthday. I'll, I'll bring you right in. We will start things off with our two-minute drill, the first segment of the two-minute drill, sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. All righty, Fitz. Well, Kansas State went into Baylor on Saturday, needing a win to stay in the Big 12 title chase. And backup quarterback Will Howard got the job done for an injured Mar- Adrian Martinez and powered the Wildcats to a 31-13 victory. Fitz, just how good were the Wildcats on Saturday? Well, they were really good. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty decent Baylor team, a Baylor team that was coming off road wins at Tech and at Oklahoma. So we, we knew that they were playing better football, and it looked good for Baylor starting the game. They got a stop, and they marched down the field against Kansas State. And then through an interception, Kobe Savage uh, with a big play. And then Will Howard came in pretty early in this game once Adrian Martinez went down and started orchestrating drive after drive. And this wasn't the Will Howard that we'd seen in his two prior appearances this season where he made a lot of big explosive plays with the offense. These were long drives that just kind of took the cats down the field and dominate time of possession at 38 minutes and really kind of kept that Baylor offense cooling on the sidelines as K-State's defense got to rest. Will Howard has turned into one heck of a quarterback, and it is absolutely amazing to watch. It's really great for the kid, uh, but it's really good 
for Chris Kleiman's Wildcats because we don't know the status of Adrian Martinez as we record this Sunday night, but he might be out at least another week and maybe longer. We will see. We'll find out more as this week progresses at GoPowerCat.com. But overall, this was a complete team performance. In fact, I had something up at GoPowerCat stating this was just perfect textbook complimentary football. The offense made the defense better and the defense made the offense better and special teams held up its end of the bargain. And when K-State plays like that, we've now seen Will Howard in two games in which they just completely dominated good football teams. 48-0 over Oklahoma State, now 31-3 over Baylor. But the defense, Michael, have held three different Big 12 football programs without a touchdown this season. And that is really hard to do in this conference that is so filled with offense. It is, and Will Howard's been so impressive. The rising tide lifts all boats, and he's been yep. so much more dynamic than Adrian Martinez. Super impressive stuff from him. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of Jalen Daniels. When the mm -hmm. quarterback's that good, even the defense gets better because of it. Well, Michael, KU was unable to win games in back-to-back -back weeks. Falling on Saturday to Texas Tech, 43-28. What happened to the Jayhawks in Lubbock? Well, you just talked about complimentary football for Kansas State. It was the exact opposite of that for Kansas on Saturday. You look at each phase of the game for Kansas, played okay in stretches, but they never played in sync. The offense started the game a little bit slow. Seven points to the first few drives, a missed field goal from Jacob Borchilla, kind of flipped the momentum of the game, and KU's defense allowed four scores on four straight drives. But then, right before half, KU has an opportunity to pull it within three points going into the break. Jason Bean throws an interception. One play later, a 30-plus yard gain puts Texas Tech in a position to extend its lead to six points at the half. And then coming out of halftime, all of a sudden, KU has the ball again. And then they drive the field, and then there's another missed kick from Jacob Borchilla. And for me, the common theme here is Jason Bean. Obviously, he's played really well for Kansas, played probably his best game of his career against Oklahoma State last week. A lot of mistakes from him. The interception before the half. There's a time where he ran out of bounds and took a sack that put KU in a third and long. He threw the ball to Devin Neal, who was well behind the line of scrimmage, and it stalled KU's drive right before Jacob Borchilla missed the field goal. For so long this season, KU's played complimentary football. When they've looked their best, all three phases have played in sync, and it was far from the case in Lubbock on Saturday. The defense will get a lot of stick for allowing 40-plus points, but I think the offense is where it comes back to. They need to hold the ball on too longer and take advantage of the drives when we're able to get yards. If you want to look at the total yardage game, you know, KU outgained Texas Tech, but it doesn't matter when you miss two field goals. So overall, KU now looking to this Texas game, that's going to be tough. KU has to play complimentary football football to get another win this season. What do you what, think, Vince? What, but what's Jalen Daniels' status at this point? They need him back if they want to finish strong. They do need him back, and Lance Lapp will probably give the clearest update he's given so far on him, saying that he's close to a return. We'll have to see if that's coming back against Texas. How fitting would that be if Daniels comes back against Texas, the team that he beat last season when he took over for Bean? It'd be kind of fitting almost a year later. Yeah, what's, what's interesting is K-State is on the cusp of making it to the Big 12 title game. If they win at West Virginia and Kansas beats Texas, K-State locks that up. So K-State fans are like, go Jayhawks? That's kind of interesting. <laughs> A little reluctant, but all right, Fitz. Oklahoma and Texas both lost on Saturday. The Sooners still need one more win to get bowl eligible, and the Longhorns need help now to make the Big 12 title game. Is this further proof that the Big 12 will remain strong even after the league's two best brands leave for the SEC? I don't think there's any doubt about it. What's happened at Oklahoma it should be terrifying to any AD out there trying to make the dream higher. 
you know, this hire Brent Venables at Oklahoma was almost like Scott Frost at Nebraska. Surely this, this can't fail. And while it's so early, it's hard to say, the fact that Oklahoma, with two games to go, still isn't bowl eligible, and, you know, that might be in peril. If Spencer Sanders plays Saturday in the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma State might be the better team, even though Oklahoma's favored. And then, of course, Oklahoma then has to go to Tech to end the season, and as KU found out, Tech could be really dangerous there. It's absolutely incredible. But really, the, the failure this season seems to be Texas, which seems to have everything they need to be great, and they're not great. They were great for a half against Kansas State and won that game, but overall they remain wildly inconsistent. But imagine this. If everything stays on course, the Big 12 championship game this season will be TCU and Kansas State, the purple teams. Last year it was Baylor and Oklahoma State. So now we're at four of the eight leftovers that are looking really good. And the year before that, as you know, Iowa State was in the championship game against Oklahoma. That's five of the eight teams will have filled five of the last six slots in the Big 12 championship game. I think that tells you everything you need to know about this conference. Not only is it incredibly competitive from top to bottom, these teams are really good. Um, and they might beat the tar out of each other throughout the course of the season. But at the end of the day, this conference plays great football, and it doesn't need the brand names to say that. And it will be just fine going ahead because the addition of UCF and Cincinnati and BYU and Houston will really even rise, lift this conference even further. It's, it's fun football to cover. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Last week's question was, who should Kansas State start at quarterback next Saturday at Baylor? A, Adrian Martinez got 36%, and B, Will Howard got 64%. People are on the Will Howard bandwagon, which is such a remarkable change of fortune for this kid. Nobody wanted him at quarterback, and now he's Johnny Unitas. That's an old person reference, by the way. <laughs> this week's question is, will Kansas State make the Big 12 title game? Yes or no? It's pretty easy. A or B. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back to Swain and Fitz on Sunday night. That's right, I just renamed our show. We continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. All right, Fitz, K-State basketball took an early road trip to play Cal on Friday and left with the victory. Is Jerome Tang's first K-State team more promising 
than the last Bruce Weber's three teams. If, if we're putting the emphasis on the word promise, absolutely it is. We'll see how good they pan out to be, but I'm, I'm telling you what, Michael, this team is fun. They get up and down the court, they defend at a high level. In fact, the only real difference in the stats from the Cal game, a nine-point K-State victory, was the fact that K-State forced a lot of turnovers and had 10 steals in the game. So really it was defense that led the way, but they're also really uh, entertaining in the open court. And they opened the season with a home victory over Texas Rio Grande Valley, coached by former K-State assistant Matt Figures, friend of mine, it was good to see him. And ironically, Cal is coached by former K-State assistant Mark Fox, um, just by chance that happened. This team has players. This team has better athletes. This team has so many pieces that we haven't seen K-State have in a very long time. And I'll even put that up against the Big 12 championship teams in terms of just raw ability and maybe a ceiling that is hard to match. This team isn't gonna finish last in the Big 12. I don't know who will, but if this team does, this conference is absolutely loaded. And Jerome Tang has set up his team for a lot of success, but he wanted to see how they could do out on the road early in a season, and they got the Cal game. But Cal isn't very good. This isn't like a notable resume win, but it's just a nice step for a new program and a roster with 11 out of 13 new players. To go out on the road and get a win like this says they're in a pretty good place, but it also showed what this team is about in terms of its growth and development. They built a 20-point lead with 17 minutes left and then squandered that down to one. And they had to rally, and then obviously it was Marquise Noel, the veteran point guard who's back, one of the two returners that kind of led the way in that. Now Marquise didn't have a great overall game, but when the time was, you know, the game was on the line, Marquise rose up and so did some other guys. Fun basketball at Bramlage uh, this season. I'll see, I'll love to see how many fans start showing up for these games. Well, Kansas basketball is set to take on Duke in the Champions Classic on Tuesday. What are your expectations, Michael? It's going to be an ugly game and a really big test for where Kansas is at three games into the season. I think you look at those first two games last week, it's hard to take a bunch out of those. Omaha, not a great team. North Dakota State, I thought might challenge KU's front court. That didn't happen. Really slow-moving team. So this Duke team is going to test KU's athleticism on the outside. And for Jalen Wilson, who you see on your screen right now, huge test for him. He's going to go up against some really good wings that Duke has. A ton of five-star talent. High, high athleticism, high-caliber players. But for me, the front court is where things stand with KU. Those are my questions. Is Jalen Wilson an All-American or is he an All-Big 12 player? Those are two different levels for him. You look at the center position, you're playing KJ Adams, a six foot seven, hyper-athletic big man, but he's not a post guy, can't really shoot, and is a decent passer. So can he stay on the floor against a Duke team that's gonna play a seven footer? If not, Ernest Dude, where is he at in his development? He's been the second big man off the bench. He's looked pretty good against North Dakota State, but how does he look against, again, hyper-athletic big men that Duke have? For me, the front court is just the big issue I have with this team going into the season. How is that going to look when they play against equal talent? It's hard to take anything from those first two games of the season. And when you look at the backcourt, I'm excited to see someone like Grady Dick go up against those high-powered freshmen. Obviously, Dick has gone off to a great start in his KU career and has been super high-powered scorer, really good athleticism. Excited to see him. But overall, this is going to be a really, really big test for Kansas and to see where they're at as a collective. A lot of new faces, a lot of new players stepping into new roles, and it's going to be a big challenge to see, again, where that development is at, where are these young players at. Bobby Pettiford has really stood out early on. Can he do it off the bench against Roach from Duke? 
You know, you look at Dwan Harris. Can he continue to play high-level defense? Kevin McCullough, is his shot going to start to fall? I have so many questions about this team heading into this specific matchup that maybe we aren't going to learn more about this team for another month or so. Anything uh, you're looking for, Fitz? I, I, you know what? I, I'm fascinated by this team because the best Bill Self teams has a significant post presence. Mm -hmm. Someone either on the defensive end, typically, or the offensive end, like last year, that can really make things happen, and they just don't seem to have that they're going to have to find a way to manufacture that maybe, or someone's going to have to really step up. Well, now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz, my former Iowa State Cyclones are now 1-6 in Big 12 play and 4-6 and overall. Is Matt Campbell still an attractive coaching candidate for bigger jobs in Iowa State like he continues to be linked to? Or do you think, is there other hot candidate names that you have your eye on? Yeah, it's what's interesting is, yeah, Campbell was the guy. I mean, everyone, he got linked to every job. I think he settled into Ames for the long run. You covered Iowa State mm -hmm. for a while. You probably would agree with that. I, I think he is going to just put down roots and stay in Ames, which is great for the Big 12. It's great for Iowa State. I think now we've seen a little uh, tarnish on, on the silver here of Matt Campbell this season because they just they graduated so many important pieces a year ago, and they didn't replace them at any level that – you need it in this conference. So I find that very interesting. But unfortunately for KU and K-State, Michael, it appears the two coaches in the state might be targets, particularly a Big Ten program. So what are your thoughts on Lance Leipold and the future in Lawrence? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a huge test for KU this offseason to keep him. For me, I have my eye on Wisconsin. If Jim Leonard does not get that job full-time, that's going to be tough to keep Lance Leipold. Obviously, he's from Wisconsin, coached at Wisconsin Whitewater, big money is going to be thrown at him this offseason. And from my perspective, I don't see Lance Leipold as someone that's going to go out and make a money grab. But those big jobs don't come so often. You, know, you look at Matt Campbell, right, passing up bigger jobs, and all of a sudden he's now at Iowa State for the foreseeable future, and those big jobs may not come calling for him again. Lance Leipold is a lot older than Matt Campbell, so it's going to be a big challenge for you to keep him. There was a really funny picture from Saturday's game in Waco. There was a Nebraska fan that showed up and was holding up a sign where I'm here to hire one of your coaches. And I, I thought that was really funny. I don't think either one of these coaches will go to Nebraska. That's too big of a mess, even though it's a great program that'll pay well. But I do worry about Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. We got Chris Kleiman, an Iowa guy, and if you saw him react to beating Iowa State, you understand how important it is for him to have a win over Iowa State. He's an Iowa guy at heart, even though he came from North Dakota State. I don't think he'll go either. Uh, but, boy, those, those Big Ten institutions, this is where the TV money comes in, yep. can throw a lot more money than KU and K-State can. Um, we're talking by millions, and it's hard for anyone to pass up. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting this offseason. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metalark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. All right, Fitz, I think this came from your burner account, but our fan question this week is, uh, Fitz, please tell me Will Howard will start at quarterback for my Wildcats for the rest of the season. This is from Lynn in Manhattan. Yeah, you know, going into the Texas game, I was fine with Adrian Martinez getting the start for Kansas State. He had been the starter. He had played well, and he was relatively healthy. Now, a lot of fans want to wonder if Will Howard had started, if they'd beaten Texas. You can't do that. We don't know. But obviously, after Will went out against Baylor, stepped on the field and lit it up again, you got to roll with Will Howard. You got to stop talking about a red shirt. And no matter whether Adrian is healthy or not, 
it probably needs to be Will Howard's job. You cannot deny what he's done on the field has been pretty darn impressive. It's exactly like Jalen Daniels at KU2, yep. right? The redshirt decision, see where KU's at this year. Yep, it could be exactly. worth looking at. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's take a look at our predictions. And predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House, meeting your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one. I went three and zero, oh, and Michael went zero oh and three. Michael, I appreciate it, but you don't need to kiss up that much. <laughs> I mean, it's helpful. It makes me feel good that you wanted me to win. And look, I needed the help. I'm still two games behind you guys, but that, that you can pick. You can pick winners from here on out. Okay. I'll do my best. I'm just trying to be a generous person on their first show. It's, nice. it's on now. It was beautiful. It's it was on. A beautiful, it's, it's an emotional moment for me to go 3-0. Let's get going with our week's next week's picks. And we start with Texas at Kansas. Kansas somehow, this is an actual line, is plus 9.5 at home against Texas. That seems like a lot of points, particularly in this series. And as unpredictable as Texas is, you say... Give me Kansas plus nine and a half. Yeah. For me, I look at it, Texas going north in the winter. It's going to be 33 degrees in Lawrence. I'm not sure if the Longhorns are going to like the cold weather. And also, KU at home, four and one, is going to play in a lot of one-score games at home. And it should be a lot of atmosphere. Send off the seniors in the right way. Give me Kansas. I think K-State, or excuse me, I think KU is going to win this game. But something tells me Texas is going to rise up and play a Texas game. Like, they're going to show themselves. I'll take, I'll take Texas. I, I, I don't even know why. I have no explanation for that. I like my chances better. Yeah, All right. I do too. Next is Kansas State at West Virginia. K-State is minus seven and a half. It's a crazy line considering West Virginia just beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma was minus eight in Morgantown, and they won. I'll take K-State. I think they're locked in now. They see the finish line ahead of them. Give me West Virginia. They showed enough against Oklahoma, and they'll run the ball and keep the ball and make it a one-score game, and yep. I'll you cover win. seven and a half. Even if K-State wins by seven, you win. And our last game of the week is TCU at Baylor. TCU is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Baylor. Um, you say TCU's coming off a big win, man. I like TCU, though. I think they're legit, yeah. and I wonder about Baylor. I just wonder. You look at playing K-State, physical team. Can they bounce back after a loss? And I look at TCU. Man, they're fun to watch. They are explosive outside of the time they played Texas, and they're just a really, really good team. I'm voting for chaos and picking Baylor. I think Baylor will bounce back, and I think TCU will have a letdown after that huge win over Texas. 
Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. It's now time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. Really quickly, I want to hit on Grady Dick. I think he's going to have the best freshman season of anyone since Andrew Wiggins. And if the season debut against Omaha was any hint, his 23 points were the most of any freshman in well over a decade under Bill Self. The most points since Xavier Henry. The most made field goals since the 1980s. This guy can score a lot of points. And I think we're going to see some big-time performances from him this season. And I think he's going to be one of the hated players in the Big 12 following in the footsteps of Christian Brown. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a heck of a basketball player. Well, here it is. Here's what K-State needs to do to play in the Big 12 title game against TCU. Win. Win two games. That's it. Because of Texas losing, K-State is now in the driver's seat in, for that second spot. And, in fact, as I mentioned earlier, if K-State wins and Kansas beats Texas, which owns the tiebreaker on K-State, K-State's in despite having to beat or play KU the week after Thanksgiving, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's really remarkable what Chris Kleiman has done, and it's remarkable how this team's persisted. Even after bad performances like they had against Texas, they turn around and play really well. They lose to Tulane, they beat Oklahoma. It's happened all season long. These Wildcats are pretty pesky, particularly with Will Howard at quarterback. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.